This Blitz podcast is brought to you by Bravado Wireless. Available online at bravadowireless.com. Every time you hear a guest on the Blitz 1170, it's from your Oklahoma Ford dealers hotline. All right, we are officially back underway here in the second half. United States and I, uh, I almost did it, Iran, U.S. leading 1-0. We'll keep an eye on that one the rest of the way through, clearly, as uh, they have to hang on to this match here if they want to qualify to move on to uh, play the Netherlands if things end up working out the way that we all assume that they will. I haven't seen an England-Wales score. Have you? Is it Was it uh, scoreless? Uh, I haven't seen anything either, but I'll try and find it for you. Okay, because as of right now, if that would remain uh, intact, England would win the group based off of goal differential. It is nil-nil. Yep. England would still win the group based off of goal differential, but they would have five points each with the United States and England. All right. Um, thank you for tuning in this afternoon. Let's set up the Oklahoma Ford Dealers Hotline and welcome in Scott Wright from the Oklahoma who covers the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Hey, Scott, how are you doing today, man? Hey, doing well, man. How are you? Doing well, uh, for sure. Um, man, the first thing I I just off the top, um, I I don't know how other way to put this. I think we phrased this as all uh, all day yesterday this way, but it just felt like a huge sigh of relief from what was an unbelievable roller coaster ride uh, for the Oklahoma State football season, and for it to win in the way that it did. Yes, there's a lot of anger and a lot of questions that are out there, but man, I also got an overwhelming sense of oh boy, I'm glad to kind of put that one behind us. Because it was, uh, can you remember a season that's had as many of just dif- different twists and turns as what 22 had? No, not really, unless you go back to, uh, um, you know, I mean, the 14-15 range, you know, they were cycling through a lot of quarterbacks and things were crazy. But uh, but as far as, uh, you know, October 15th at like 3.45 in the afternoon, they're up 24-7 to on TCU, yeah. undefeated. And uh, and feeling great about this season, they end up losing that game in overtime. Bounce back and and have the Texas win, and you're still six and one and and feeling good in late October. And then for it to plummet the way that it did uh, was was just really hard to uh, hard to fathom and and hard to understand. So um, so no, it's it's hard to really put in context just how wild this uh, this entire roller coaster season was and and I and I agree with you I do think there was some aspect of, of that that okay yeah I mean you know the offseason is going to be crazy we're going to have um, you know portal stuff and 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 guys going pro and um, you know possible coaching changes and and all these things but at least we've got this season behind us and we can try to reset a little bit I know it's hard to quantify to put you know everything into a nice neat little uh, or, or tie a bow around it Right to have it make sense, but where 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 do we begin with what went wrong? All right, so up up TCU up on the TCU game, and let's just say all right that one happened, but still six and one after Texas, you're controlling your your destiny at that point, man, Scott. What where do we even start with with how this thing finished? 
you know, the, the, the two things that lingered for this team all season, uh, and one that was the one that, that was a problem, but you understood it. One that you didn't understand at all was their inability to run the ball and stop the run. And then, then those issues got more, you know, more complicated because of injuries and things like that. But, uh, you know, the offensive line struggles um, really over the past few years. And yes, they've dealt with injuries, but they just uh, they haven't developed. They haven't built a lot of depth. Um, you know, it just feels like they're constantly hoping that, you know, the next portal guy that comes in is, is going to be the guy that, that brings things together. And, um, you know, it's, it's just been a tough run for the offensive line the last few years. And, um, but then stopping the run, you saw it with the defensive line that this group had, even though they're bringing in two new linebackers, uh, that they were going to be able to, to slow down the run game, put pressure on quarterbacks and help out, you know, the back seven. And just for whatever reason, um, you know, whether it was how Derek Mason was choosing to use them differently than what Jim Knowles did uh, during his time or, um, you know, just uh, just guys not performing at the same level, uh, they they could not stop the run. And then the injuries hit and things started spiraling from there. But, um, you know, those are the two things that just seem to linger all season long. The injuries, uh, as crazy as they were, really – Played a significant role in how the how the team is structured. Anyway, they they kind of highlighted a lot of the areas that they were going to be average at in, in general. So with the combination of that, and I know there are a lot of people at the end of the year that were saying, "Hey, injuries be damned, right? We're 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 angry about these other things." But man, it played such a specific role in what they were trying to accomplish, especially offensively through a large portion of the season. Yeah, it it absolutely did. You know, Spencer Sanders' shoulder is obviously, I mean, none of us know exactly how bad it is, how much pain he had to play through uh, to play the what the games that he did over the final half of the season. Um, there was obviously a lot of pain management going on, uh, a lot of trying to uh, just figure out how much they're going to be able to get out of him on a, a week-to-week basis and not practicing a lot. Um, you know, I think you saw some of some of those issues kind of rear their head at, at times uh, when he, you know, was miscommunicating with guys at Bedlam and and some different things like that. So, um, you know, that was uh, that was major. Then uh, Hunter Woodard was this team's best offensive lineman and has been really, uh, you know, not just this season but probably last season as well, uh, most consistent. And you know, he only played six and a half games. He was out the bulk of, of the second half of the season. Um, so there were, you know, then, you know, rotating guys at receiver because of injuries and different things there. So, um, yeah, on offense, it really impacted a lot of what they were able to do in terms of, um, you know, how much you turn sensor Sanders loose and, uh, and run the offense the way that you did the first five games of the year and, and all those different sorts of things that just made it very difficult for them to, to know what to do and how to handle it. We can get focused easily a lot on the negative side of this, but Scott, what do you take away from the positive element from from 2022 and looking forward into the future? You know, I think you I think you look at the uh, the back seven on on defense. There's a good chance that most of those guys are back. Uh, you know, Mason Cobb had had moments where he looked like the next coming of Malcolm Rodriguez. He uh, obviously had some tackle issues that we never saw with Malcolm, but um, you know, in terms of being in the right spot and making plays behind the line of scrimmage and doing those sorts of things. He looks like a really talented linebacker and a, a piece that, um, you know, that you'll have at least one more year, maybe two 
uh, and and can really build a defense around. Um, the secondary got a lot of valuable experience. Jawar Muhammad really emerged as a, an incredibly talented cover corner. Um, you know, even though I know that it's hard to point at the uh, the secondary and and talk uh, real glowingly with the uh, the numbers that they allowed this year, but uh, Muhammad really looked like a star. And um, you know, other than Jason Taylor, who obviously is leading the nation, tied for the nation lead in interceptions, so that's a, it's a big loss. But he's really the only guy uh, that you expect to lose at this point. Everybody else is uh, able to return and uh, and kind of expected to right now. So uh, that's a uh, that's a real benefit. And, you know, then you look at uh, uh, on the offensive side of the ball, obviously the receiving talent is there. They can keep guys healthy. And, and Ollie Gordon showed in the West Virginia game really what kind of a back he can be. And, you know, he, he gets 17 carries all in the, the final three quarters and, uh, and has more yards in, uh, in that period than, um, than any other individual OSU player had in a single game all season. So, there are some some definite bright spots, and a guy also that because I don't he didn't get a carry until the second quarter, right? Right. Yeah. Wow, unbelievable. Yeah, and I I, I might add a few other things because I it's kind of I don't know how you feel about where Spencer is at, and I don't know if anyone really has the 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 real answer or not on on what we can expect from him. But could you also say that if if it gets to a a point now? you can look back and say that's some significant seat time uh, for Rangel uh, from a quarterback spot. Who And I, I was talking with John Holcomb yesterday, and I, uh, there were moments, right, where he flashed, and then there were other moments where you're like, yeah, the, the kid hasn't played before. So um, as, as, as much as I, there was some criticism about him, I didn't come away with saying, oh, my gosh, you know, there's no future for this kid whatsoever. But I think that that could be important uh, if you're trying to look back and find positives. Yeah, I completely agree. The fact that uh, you got this guy uh, as of as of right now, you know, two full games with uh, the starts at Kansas and against West Virginia, possibly a bowl game start when, you know, depending on what happens from here on out uh, and still maintain his redshirt status is uh, is really uh, about as ideal a situation as you could get because uh, otherwise, you know, there was, if, you know, Spencer stays healthy all year. Obviously this year is different, but next year you're, you're running out there with, you know, three freshmen basically uh, adding on um, Zane Flores, who's coming in in the next recruiting class. And, and you got a, a, a job battle between a bunch of guys who've never played. And that's a really tough situation to be in. So it was really important for Rangel to get the, uh, the time that he got and I think that he's the type of guy that's really going to grow from it he's a he's a film junkie and when you got that actual game film to uh, to look at and and grow from you know he's the type of guy that's going to take advantage of that where are you at on Mike Gundy's comments about not having those conversations uh with guys that uh, have the opportunity to come back or might be looking to go somewhere else I I'm a big context person so Gundy can say that but unless you're in the building every single day and there and have an understanding about what really goes on, I don't, I, I don't want to believe that. And, and what he's saying to be 100% factual on that, I think it's more of his, this is how we handle a younger generation on this. But it is kind of a weird feeling to have a head coach say that out loud, at least. Yeah, it, it really was. One area that um, he has long said that about um, – guys that, that are debating going to the NFL. He's always said that he stays out of that. He lets Rob Glass deal with agents and, and team reps and, and all of those things, getting guys their, their draft grade, 
all those sorts of things. And if a guy wants to go to the NFL, he's he's going to stay out of it and let them make their decision. Um, but when you're when you're if, if you've got a guy that's on the fence about you know coming back for a, a sixth season or possibly going in the transfer portal and you know is is looking for some guidance or or some um, you know some reassurance or whatever it might be, I've got to think that Gunny's getting into those those conversations with players and and families so that they know what's what's on the table um i just it 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 felt very odd to me to hear him phrase it the way that he did uh but i i can't imagine that that's that that's really the the full uh the full story as to what's going on when it comes to guys that are uh that are you know debating transfer portal super senior year those type of things i know a lot of people will uh start to uh kind of change their their viewing habits and pay a little bit more attention now to uh, to basketball, but uh, I, I, they can't go back on the road football wise until this weekend, and it was designed that way to have those conversations with a lot of players. Um, and the coaches were asking for this and the window not to open up until the fifth, but it sure seems like that there could be a ton of movement, Scott, between now and when the first signing day period happens later on in this month. What's kind of your gut feeling right now about where Oklahoma State stands in terms of how active they want to be in the portal? Uh, has Gundy been open about that, or is that something that he continues to be a little bit more reserved on? Uh, publicly, he's more reserved. Uh, I think it's because he wants his current players – to believe that he has confidence in them, and mm-hmm. and, uh, and he does to an extent. Uh, so, you know, fans hear him say uh, things about, you know, um, not being a fan of the portal and, and those type of things, and they panic a little bit. But this is a guy that's that's been using the portal since before the portal existed. He was, you know, they were at the forefront when the grad transfer rule came in. Uh, you know, they had, they had guys, um, you know, eight, nine, ten years ago, whatever the, the exact year was, uh, coming in right at the beginning of the grad transfer era and and we're coming in and having success so he's never necessarily been afraid he's not going to try to build a team off the portal but he's never been afraid to go and get help uh you know at one point last uh, last summer they had three offensive linemen committed out of the portal only two of them made it and then uh, only jason brooks was the only one that, that contributed this year but um you know he has you know they uh they got a, a running back off the portal when they needed some help there and DeAndre Jackson turned out to be a, a a guy that looks like he can help the program. So, um, you know, they're they're going to go um, use the portal, and and there'll be they'll have to be a little bit reactionary because I think there I, I think there's definitely going to be some movement out. Um, we saw it last year after a really good year, and uh, and now after after a not so great year, you got to feel like there's uh, there's going to be some some more movement in that direction that they're going to have to react to and. And find you know ways to to fill voids, and you know right now they're uh, they're at ten guys committed in the uh, in the high school signing class, so they've got a lot of room to work with, but uh, but also not a lot of time to do it. How many scholarships do they have right now, Scott? Uh, they they they'll be able to sign a full class of twenty five. A full of twenty five. Okay. All right. Perfect. Yeah. So they do they do have some uh, some work to do here. Uh, for sure, and uh, that gets kicked off quickly. All right, uh, just too speculative. One, where do you think they end up? You think they're going to end up in Houston? And do you feel like that that is the last time that we've seen Spencer, or is it even too early to speculate on things like this? 
Um, it, it probably is too early to speculate, but I'll, uh, my gut tells me that, yes, we've seen the last of Spencer mm. Sanders in an OSU uniform. Um, you know, I'm not, not 100% sold on that, but, uh, but that's definitely the direction that I lean uh, in terms of whether he's in the portal or, uh, you, know, yeah, and, you know, at Pro Day here in a, in a few months. I can't, I, I can't predict that right now. Uh, but it, it feels like this is kind of the uh, the natural end of of his time in Stillwater, just uh, just the way things feel after this season. So, um, and then uh, the bowl game, uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm sort of targeting that uh, that Houston game, the Texas Bowl as well. It feels like uh, you know had they had they won against West Virginia, I think the Alamo Bowl would have been a serious possibility, and uh, you know, and then maybe the Cheez It was as far as they fell. But uh, with that loss and getting kind of uh, all muddied up there in the middle of that Big 12 standings. It's uh, it's it's going to be tough for them to really sell their program right now to uh, to uh, to some of those bowls. So yeah, I think I think Houston is the uh, the most likely location. Scott, good stuff, man. Appreciate you uh, jumping on with us this afternoon, and uh, always appreciative of uh, the time that you give us here in Tulsa, man. And we'll definitely be in touch soon. Absolutely. Thanks, Pop. Uh, thanks. That's Scott Wright joining us here on the Blitz 1170 via the Oklahoma Ford Dealers Hotline. All right. We'll take a timeout. Could another event, not quite as big as the one at Southern Hills, but another golf event be headed our way next year? We'll discuss next here on the Blitz 1170. Thank you for listening to this exclusive Blitz 1170 podcast from Bravado Wireless.